What more can one say? This is game seven. Welcome back to this next episode of the Little Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Keegan, and I'm here with my brother, Jordan. Say hi to the people, Jordan. Hi, friends. Hello. Um, we've got a fair bit to talk about today. It's probably going to be pretty sense-heavy because since our last episode, the Leafs have only played twice, whereas the Sens have played four times. Uh, but before we get in, into anything, as always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Little Hockey Pod. Subscribe to our podcast anywhere where you get podcasts. And as always, if you leave any five-star reviews, we will uh, read the reviews on the show. Uh, we're going to get all that stuff out of the way. Uh, Jordan, do you want to give us a quick betting update before we jump into the games? Yeah, yeah. Um... I've had a pretty good like last two out of three days. Like my Sunday and Tuesday nights went pretty well. Uh, thanks in no small part to the Oilers uh, just crushing oh, Senators. Yeah. I think my new strategy is just going to be putting like 15 bucks down on uh, whoever the Senators are playing against. Because uh, that, that seems to be a pretty good strategy right now. You know what? It seems to be uh, a winning strategy. I think it's Ottawa's played 10 games and we've lost nine of them so you know what or eight of them how many games have we played i don't even know anymore all the games are being played out west so i'm not staying up to watch them i can't keep track yeah it's uh i'm just looking over my record here and i bet on winnipeg in the three games that they had against ottawa um i don't think i bet on any of the vancouver and ottawa games just because um at at the time i thought that those ones could kind of go either way. I didn't anticipate Ottawa going on a, what is it? Nine game losing streak now. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think that that was something that was feasible this time last week. Um, so I, yeah. I didn't put any money down on any of the Vancouver games. Cause I kind of saw them as the way that they were going. Like I thought that Ottawa easily could have taken one of those games. And uh, I was very wrong about that because they got outscored 16 to three over three games. That was brutal. Um, yeah, that was not a fun time. But then, you know what? The Oilers picked up the slack for me with uh, back-to-back wins over the Senators. And uh, those two games, like the first game was the first time that I put like more than just a few bucks down on a game. Uh, I, I I spread it out over three bets at three different um odds but I, I ended up putting almost 11 bucks down on that game and then the game on uh, Tuesday night I put 14 on and um, again over three two or three different sets of odds um, but uh, yeah it came out ahead but it was also like the other games on those nights I came out winning as well so uh, after a January where my trend was I was down almost two dollars on my bankroll from where I started now I'm up nine cents. So uh, 
congratulations to me. I'm still trying to figure out where I want to spend that nine cents. Um, yeah, it's 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 going to be tough to choose. I, I'll try not to do it all in one place, though. Uh, at least our game against Edmonton, our first game, we kind of broke our um, scoring woes, but they were. Well, I would hope that you would have against Stuart Skinner in his first. I was about NHL to say start. <laughs> They started their sub 900 AHL goalie. So yeah, behind least... one of the worst defense groups in the league. Yeah. But they're not the worst because not they are the staring worst. across the ice <laughs> at the worst. Yeah. Uh, holy smokes. We'll, we'll get into that in a, in a second. Well, you know what? That's it for Jordan's betting corner. Um, Cause <laughs> yeah, really like I, I, I've been adapting my strategy a little bit for a little while. I was just putting the same amount down on every game, but. I, I wasn't covering enough of my losses in doing that. So uh, I've, I've decided to put a bit more on the line here of, you know, you got to risk it to get the biscuit type thing. So here we go. Nine cents is hopefully the start to uh, riches here. Cause you know what? I, I tried to get in on that, uh, that the meme stocks last week. I, I bought the, uh, GameStop. I didn't do GameStop because it was already at like 500 bucks a share when I like finally got up the guts to do it. So I bought some AMC and yeah, uh, yeah like I, I bought like eight shares of AMC or something when it was 13 bucks and I ended up losing $60 off of that. So uh, what? Yeah. I didn't lose money. Because I sold it yesterday after it had cratered because it just all of a sudden crashed and I wasn't paying super close attention to it and I didn't set up any of the... Uh, stop limits or any of the stuff because i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i just wanted to get rich qu quick off of uh, 150 bucks um it didn't happen but you know what if if those amc stocks had gotten up to where the GameStop ones were i could have turned 150 bucks into four grand so uh, i'm i'm that okay i'm okay losing 60 bucks like it, it's not gonna break me yeah, I'm definitely far from a a stock marketing expert, but yeah, I, from what I jumped on an internet trend and lost sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but from what I've heard, it certainly sounds like um, a lot of people that control the market are starting to manipulate it in a way that is not very favorable for those Reddit users anymore. Yeah, uh, which is funny that no one is calling for them for those uh, stock traders to be uh, strung up and quartered, but everybody on Reddit is pure evil right yeah there yeah. was one guy um the sdp did a they had an audio clip i don't know if you heard it from their podcast that came out yesterday i i just and listened to that one today yeah that one of whatever the fuck his name is saying how um all the specifically all the young men doing these stocks because you know women can't invest or use the stock market in any way uh how they're all going to be like depressed and uh, mentally compromised by the stress of the stock market and how all these they're going to be like all these young women who are cutting themselves staring at these models on instagram it's like fuck you buddy i don't even remember his fucking name i i don't either but i i, I don't remember what his uh his job was or why he was brought in to talk about professional asshole yeah but like if he's a finance expert, then you've got to assume that either he works at one of these places where literally staring at screens, watching the tickers go up and down is their fucking jobs. <laughs> <laughs> or he 
has lots of experience in doing that himself. So he's basically just saying, hey, it's fine for me to do this and get rich, but everybody else that's doing it, that's not okay. Like you go find some hobbies. It's not for you because it's for me and I want it for myself. Yeah, so eat shit, guy. Um, But anyways, we're getting off topic here. Um, Yeah, yeah, that was a a nice little tangent. Yeah. Um, Okay, Um, do you want to start with the... Start with the Leafs games. Um, there, I don't know how much you have to say about it. The Sens games we can power through pretty quick because I don't really want to relive most of these. So take your time, as much time as you want with these Leafs games, all two of them. Yeah, uh, so it was both games against Edmonton uh, on the 28th. The Leafs uh, beat the Oilers 4-3. And you know what? That feels like it was 100 years ago right now, the 28th. How many days was that? Five? Five days? That's too long ago. Six? What yeah? What I remember from that game is uh, both teams' power play being awesome and their penalty kills being terrible. Um, the Leafs are doing like a fairly okay job at not giving Drysaddle and McDavid a ton at five on five, which is good. It just means you can't take any penalties. Um, and yeah, they they got out a win, which was awesome. Um, the the following game they lost in overtime because McDavid decided that the Oilers weren't going to lose that night. You know, <laughs> you know what? Like he just does that, and when when he decides the Oilers aren't going to lose, then there's a good chance they're not going to lose because that guy's the best player on the planet. He's on pace for over 100 points this year. It's it's nuts. When yeah, when I heard that he was uh, when he's got 22 points in 11 games, I was like, what the fuck? Like I know <laughs> that he just played Ottawa twice, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> points in 11 games holy shit yeah he got five points in that first game against ottawa and uh yeah and i've heard some people talking about it and they're like oh yeah like he could probably get to 100 points just based off of the uh the teams that he has to play against and the quality of their defenders and i'm like oh shit yeah you're right like he doesn't have to play against any of the top teams in the league really like montreal and toronto are definitely the best teams in the division but they're not for sure they're not vegas or um dallas or the islanders or columbus yeah like some of those teams are in the eastern conference so he wasn't going to play them anyways but yeah it's not like he has to play against colorado vegas dallas um, st louis st louis yeah like there's even minnesota is pretty good this year surprisingly yeah they're well not not really Kirill Kaprasov's doing a lot of the legwork there. Holy shit. Uh, He's so know, good. I don't know if He's you saw so my good. tweet from, I think it was last night before the Sens game started. I uh, I was I watched a, a period or so of the Avalanche and Wild game, and oh my God. He had one um, zone entry where he just, he casually puts it into the middle of three Avalanche players and then somehow hooks it back towards the boards after he cuts into the middle. And it caught his own player off guard. Because the guy was he, just the guy was just watching him go through three players on the avalanche and then decide, oh yeah, you know what, I'm gonna do this like weird drop pass thing, so, and then pull it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and he was running their power play. He was so good. Like he was looking, he found some small, small, small passing lanes, and just, um, yeah, he just fed the puck through. It got them to you know whoever their other forwards are who gives a shit they're not as good as he is and they, just, <laughs> they, they couldn't they couldn't do anything with it well once the wild gets some more uh high-end offensive talent to play with him like maybe that marco rossi guy that is out for the season yeah or just for a long time because they don't know how his uh 
Oh, well, it was COVID his, complications, his, right? Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They don't know, know how that's going to impact him long term. So they're still trying to figure out what the hell's wrong and how to fix it. I think I saw something on either the score or the athletic or something. I forget where uh, saying that he was done for the year. Like he wasn't going to play in the NHL this year. Oh, crazy. Um, Which sucks because he, he was going to be really good. But back to the Canadian teams. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the teams that McDavid gets to play against, he, he could definitely put up 100 points, him and Dreisaitl. Uh, they could both put up 100 points and still miss the playoffs. Well, are they in a playoff spot right now? I actually haven't checked the standings in a long time. No, I, I don't think so. I think all three of the Pacific Division Canadian teams are out. It's those three uh, in Ottawa. So the Pacific is Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary? Yeah. Are you serious? Uh, I, yeah, guess... I, I saw a picture, uh, like a screen grab of the standings, and yeah, somebody was saying like, um, maybe they didn't put enough weight behind the Pacific division being absolutely terrible last year. Oh okay, well, no, because yeah, it's, so, it's top four teams. So one you're, of them has to right. make it. Edmonton's fourth. Edmonton is fourth. And then Vancouver and Calgary. Calgary's also only played nine games. I was going to say, and Vancouver's played 13. 13 and they're, yeah. Dear God. Um, oh, I was about to say, oh, theoretically we could catch uh, Vancouver if we win our next uh, three games. Five that games they... in a row. <laughs> yeah. That's what I realized. Yeah, the- you, you could catch Calgary, but you need to get um, six points in. You, you guys need to win three straight games, and Calgary needs to lose them all. Montreal is a plus seventeen right now. They've got, they've, they've gotten to play Vancouver a ton. I guess that's true. Vancouver's not. I think I think Montreal has the best goal differential in the league again because they've gotten to play Vancouver a bunch. Yeah, they do have the best goal differential in the league. And, like it, and think about it, Vancouver is a minus three, and they outscored Ottawa 16-3 to three in three games. And they're still below zero, below zero, uh, below even goal differential. It's, it's crazy. Ottawa rocking a solid minus 24. <laughs> crazy. By far the worst in the league. Uh, we almost oh, have dude. a five goals against average. Detroit is at minus 15. Those cool, are we still have two. nine. Yeah, only two teams with a, a double digit in the negative goal differential. Um, but yeah, so with the Leafs this this past week, it was uh, it really drove home the fact that I don't want to play Edmonton in the first round of the playoffs because McDavid has another level when he plays the Leafs and he's got another 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 level when it's the playoffs. I don't want both of those things happening at the same time. And we get like superhuman McDavid deciding that the Oilers are going to sweep the Leafs in four games and he scores every goal that they get. Um, and he gets a hat trick every game and beats yeah. Sittler's records and beats Gretzky records. And- so like, I don't care who we play in the first round as long as it's not Edmonton. <laughs> well, right now you're slated for Winnipeg and that's a pretty even matchup. I yeah, Con- I'd, I'd much rather take Winnipeg than Edmonton or Montreal right now. Yeah, because uh, Hellebuck kind of makes up for Winnipeg's defensive um, uh, lack lack of defense. I guess would be a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I don't think Winnipeg is a super strong defense. Um, Montreal's I, a I fucking I, wagon right now. Yeah, it's crazy. They're they're just they're a really good unit. That that yes. seems to be what it is. They just all click. And they've got a lot of players that are playing in the right spots. 
So like Tyler Toffoli, I think he's got nine goals so far this year, and seven of them are against the uh, Canucks. Like, geez, eight, eight, eight or all, ex- all except one of his goals are against Crazy. the Canucks. Crazy. Um, I, I think the Leafs play Montreal this weekend or something. The, I know they're it's coming up. We play Montreal tomorrow. Yeah, so it's got to be coming up soon then that the Leafs and Montreal play. And I'm not. I think in... it is this weekend because I think Ottawa goes back to um, Edmonton. Yeah, you play Vancouver tomorrow in Toronto, though. So that yes. means that, like Montreal's got to be coming to Toronto pretty soon. It looks like it might be early next week. Uh, Saturday we have the same opponents. Mm-hmm. We're against yeah. Montreal again. You're against Toronto, or you're against uh, Vancouver. Sorry. Okay, so it's mid next week. Toronto plays Montreal on Wednesday next week. Yeah. Oh shit! I, we get to record our next episode right before that. Oh wow! So we better not start it at seven o'clock like we are today. Yeah. Don't That's so miss that one. They only play each other once, and then the Leafs play Vancouver, and then they play Montreal again. Weird. Whatever, whatever. Anyways, that's that's me reading the NHL schedule to everybody. <laughs> well, you did have a rant last week about how bad it is, so you know I, it I did. Makes sense. You, you know what? I've got to say, this week it's been a lot better. Uh, tonight isn't super great. It's these Wednesday night matchups that they have for the benefit of NBC. Um, yeah, the the rivalry Wednesday games. Yeah, because they they've only got one or two games on because they want everybody to watch those one or two games on NBC in the States. And like the matchup tonight is Detroit and Tampa garbage. Who gives a shit? We all know uh, Tampa's going to win and they're up five ten, halfway, uh, halfway through the first and it's uh three, nothing Tampa. Uh, it's over. The game is over. The Tampa Detroit game. Uh, I, it is I thought that going on. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. It was a five thirty start. It's, oh, like, it's almost my, done. It's it's five one right now. My score. I'm on the score app, and it's just when I click on the game, it has the five one final. But when I'm just looking at the scores, it it um is glitching out right now. Okay, it, it's actually not a final. I just saw it's it's a couple minutes into the third. But regardless, Detroit and Tampa Bay on Wednesday night. Nobody wants to watch that. Not even Red Wings fans. Probably Boston Philly's not bad. Boston Philly's not bad. Yeah, but. You know what? I want more games, especially seeing as tomorrow night there's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine, lot. and then two postponed games. There could have been eleven games tomorrow, and there were two tonight. But yeah, like the the schedule for this week was a little bit better, especially on the weekend. Like uh, this Saturday, Ottawa and Montreal play at one o'clock for some reason, and then there's two three o'clock games, and then two seven, two ten. That's pretty good. Like that, that's not as bad as it could be. That's going in the right direction. Um, Sunday is is a little bit weird, but that's just because they don't want to go up against the Super Bowl. There's there's a noon game, and then every other game starts at three. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that's uh, that's going back to my my schedule rant le- last week. Um, <laughs> What about you? What, what about the Senators? I imagine you've got like one or two things to say about their performance the past week. One or two, yeah. Um, the crappy thing about playing the Western Canada team so much is if they play during the week, I can't really watch the games. Like I'm being up for 5.30 for work every weekday. It's kind of... And you don't even have of, a spreadsheet to look at. 
instead of watching the games. Jeez, geeks, come on. Fuck. What do, what do you mean a spreadsheet? What the hell are you talking about? Like the stats nerds, right? Everyone always tells oh. them, watch the games. Close your spreadsheet. God. No, no, I don't do either. I Yeah, yeah you don't I do s- either. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you just have a podcast where you talk about the team and you only watch like some of the highlights afterwards, right? Yeah, it, yeah. well, these last few games, I haven't been watching much of the highlights because Ottawa's not even in them. Yeah. Um, well, they're in them. They're, just they're like, in them. Yeah. But no, like going back to the um, 5-1 Vancouver win on the 27th, um, I watched I, – that was the one I was tweeting from the the podcast Twitter. and Oh, yeah. I, was just, I, I think I, I texted you to be like, you have to do this every, every Sens game because you're getting so much engagement on this. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was pissed. Yeah. I was just – I was ripping – everyone in a sense uniform from the twitter and it was just like oh it made one it made me love twitter um two um the biggest takeaway i got from that game the thing that i remember the most is um how awful it is to have good branson over borvietsky because um so that was jt miller's hat trick game where he got his first um i don't know if it's first career hat trick so that, i know sutter got his first career hat trick the game before but Miller, I think, also got a hat trick in this game. <laughs> I didn't know that you guys gave up like potentially two hat tricks. I knew that yes. Sutter got one, but I didn't know anybody else did. Yes, I think Miller did. And he got at least two because this was his second goal. Anyway, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is um good Branson. I almost entirely blamed him for this goal because um when the puck gets to the point, good Branson takes a quick look around and he realizes I'm not covering anyone. And he sees JT Miller coming in from the high slot. So he quickly moves uh, to kind of angle him away from the net. Now, if he moved any slower, he would have been, I don't remember if it was Hogberg or uh, Murray in net, but if he moved any slower, he would have been screening. So he was able to get out of the goalie's sight pretty quickly and uh, prevent Miller from getting a tip or anything. But as soon as that shot hit um, uh, our, the, our goalie's chest, again, I don't remember who was playing, sorry. I was a little frustrated uh, and it doesn't really matter because they're both letting in a lot of goals. So as soon as it hit their chest and the puck dropped, good Branson got caught puck watching completely forgot that he was standing right in front of Miller and JT Miller just swats it into the net. It made me realize that it's just K this guy's not an, a consistent NHL defenseman and he needs to get the fuck off my team. Um, the 4-1 game, I didn't watch. I didn't even watch a highlight. I don't even have any notes on it. I was so frustrated and I was so just uh, disinterested that I just I left it. Uh, I watched the um, 8-5 game. Um, Murray is in some kind of funk, and I don't know if he needs to sit or play more because I don't know what it is. I don't think it's a technical thing. I think it's a mental thing. I Again, it's just, I hope he gets out of it because we have him for three more fucking years after this. And if he's already washed up at 26, we are screwed. He's one of the most expensive goalies in the league. And he has a below 850 save percentage. It's yeah. not really cup contending numbers right there. Yeah, like going back to Marie signing, it, it's, you know, in hindsight, I, I don't know if the Senators got enough criticism for acquiring a goalie that has struggled for two seasons. They got praised. Yeah, they, but 
Yeah, he had struggled for two seasons, and they're basically so they signed him to a three-year contract in the hopes that he can get back to the point he was a few years ago. Like, I don't. You sign that guy for one or two years. You don't sign him for four. Oh, it was for four years. I thought it was only three years. No, so it's I. I think it was four. I'm checking cap friendly while you finish your thought. Um. Yeah. So I. I don't. In hindsight, it doesn't seem like the team got enough criticism for signing a goalie that has had struggles the last few years in the hopes that he turns it around behind a young team or a team full of um, basically bottom-of-the-lineup veterans. Like it, may, Maybe management didn't see it as being that big of an issue because they thought that the veterans that they acquired were going to be more responsible defensively or and or they thought that the uh, the younger players would have developed to a point where they wouldn't be spending quite so much time in their defensive zone um, but it sure hasn't worked out so far and it doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime soon because it seems like with every game that goes by he, he's just getting worse Yep, it definitely seems like that. Uh, also, so we signed him to four years. This is year one of four. This Okay, this is year one of four. Okay, so there's three more after this year is basically Correct. what I... We are paying him $6.25 million until 2024. Yeah. Like, that's rough. For, uh, especially for... considering that there were free agent goalies that signed for less than that, and he's a restricted free agent who they also gave up assets for. Like, they, they could have... Could have gone out and gotten a, a more experienced goalie with a better recent track record for less money and less term. Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, but the the I I wouldn't have liked that because of his age. But well, also just... you, you you're banking on him wanting to go there, and why would Jacob Markstrom, after apparently carrying the uh, Vancouver Canucks on his back, kicking and screaming last year, why would he want to come and do the same thing for the worst team in the league? Who even after all of Ottawa's moves, everyone was saying like, yeah, maybe they'll be competitive, but they'll still be the worst team in the league. Yeah, that's being proven, right? Yeah, it sure is, yeah. Historically worst team in the league. Like Detroit wasn't this bad last year. No, okay, so Detroit had a minus like 50-something after it, after 70 games or whatever last year. We are already at a minus 24 after 10. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, fuck this team. Fuck so yeah, so so I yeah I've heard some stuff about the Senators taking a step back this year, and I'm like, oh my god, that that's that's an understatement of the year there. Like the the Senators aren't taking a step back; they've stopped and they've started running in the opposite direction. <laughs> Here's the they thing, have though: no idea what's going on. The guys who are playing the best are the guys who are expected to be here after this year. The guys who are like screwing things up for everyone are the vets we brought in for this year and this year only, and then Murray and Hogberg because neither one of them has been playing to an NHL level, let alone an NHL starter level. So we've been we've had the league's worst goaltending, followed by the league's worst veteran presence. Like yeah, it's just, I, I think that's something that we had talked about earlier too. Like I'd mentioned the the Leafs roster the first year that uh, Matthews Marner and Nylander and all those guys were up with the, the team, like the, 
the player, the veteran players that the Leafs surrounded them with were at least capable NHL players. The Senators did not get capable NHL players to like insulate the the young guys that they had. No, we got good Branson and Colburn. Good Branson, Coburn, Josh Brown, Mike Riley, like well, Brown and Riley aren't really vets. They're like mid twenties. Yeah, they're they're still older and more experienced, and they seem to have been targeted by the Senators as players to get to help the younger players. Well, we got Mike Riley last year because Will Landon was injured for the entire year, and right. his contract just happened to go through this year. So, like, yeah, keep him. Just Josh hap- Brown just happened to. You make it sound like it was a surprise when they found out. Right. I imagine that was probably something that they were looking for out of a player because they didn't want to have to sign anybody new. Yeah. Um, and then Josh Brown was, I'm pretty sure just a straight DJ Smith was like, Hey, I like this guy. Go get him. Fuck. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of um, Riley in uh, that at Ed- first Edmonton game, he made a really dangerous pass to Artem Zub in our end. He was taking way, way too long to figure out how he wanted to do a breakout. And he was just standing beside the net, like not behind it, beside it. And then when I forget who, it may have been Drysaddle or even Yamamoto came to pressure him. Uh, he went to wrap, uh, wrap it back around the boards to Zub and he did it very like lightly. So Zub was waiting there for the puck and Cassian comes and just freaking drills him. It's like, Riley, what the hell were you doing? You're getting paid to move the puck and you're not moving the puck. And it's just, he's, he's having a rough time. I'm pretty sure um, the games that Shabbat were out, was out, he got the most ice time of Senators defensemen. And it's just, he's a bottom pairing guy at the very best, probably best suited for a seventh defenseman. Yeah, and he's but in the, our top four. You could have just described any one of the Senators defensemen that aren't Thomas Shabbat. Or Zaitsev. Zaitsev's been doing well this year. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think that's going to last. And but a, a, but as of right now, he is a top four defenseman. He is, as of this second, he is playing like a capable number four or number five defenseman. Okay, yeah, but when the Senators are competing for like the playoffs or the cup, do you want Zaitsev in your top four? I don't want him on my team. Yeah. Okay. So he's then earlier your description fit him. He, sure. He's he's likely right now overperforming. If he's not. And if this turns out to be the guy that he is for the rest of the season and into the future, then like, holy shit, good for the Senators for like getting him and Connor Brown in exchange for Cody Cece. Like, damn, that that will go down as a one of the better trades in Senators history, probably. Sure. Connor Brown's been snake bit too, by the way. Like he's gotten a lot of chances. He's gotten so many chances, but he just he doesn't have the offensive capabilities to finish on some of these against top defensive pairs and top goalies, which was one of the big things towards his, the end of his tenure with the Leafs. I I just got really frustrated with him. And I was like, Connor Brown's one of the guys that I'm not sad to go see. Like I, I, I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't have driven him to the airport type thing. Um, no. But, <laughs> but I was also like, yeah, like I'm fine giving him up for something. It's too bad that something was Cody CC, but, <laughs> uh, yeah you only had him for Con- a year yeah connor brown is one of those good like he, he's a third line scorer yeah and that's a very valuable piece he's yeah, also good sure. at penalty killing he could be a number uh like a pk1 guy 
Sure. So having a guy that could get you 10 to 12 goals and play on your first or second PK, that's a valuable guy. Right. But every single one of our defensemen not named Shabbat, Zaitsev, or surprisingly Zub right now uh, can go just get off my team, Um, which is kind of funny because uh, in the second Edmonton game when poor Yarvi undressed Colburn multiple times, he may have literally just ended Colburn's NHL career. Yeah, that reminds me of, uh, I think it was Thomas Hurdle ending Marty Biron's career with his four-goal game or whatever. The the between-the-legs goal, I think, was the last goal yep. ever scored on Marty Biron. Yep, and now he's an analyst on TSN. Yeah. Um, but um, before I jump to that game, I just want to quickly say uh, Tim Stutzel is looking better every shift. Oh, he scored he's two, had- two games in a row now. He has both of them on the uh, on a solid rush from a pass he got. Um, he would receive the pass on the opposition blue line, or um, like in between the red line and the opposition blue line, accelerate with insane speed, and then just beat the goalie clean. He did it twice, and he's been looking really, really good. And it's also making me think if that's the kind of guy that we can get, he's probably better off on the wing than in center. Cause if he's in the center spot, he's not going to be up that far because he's going to have more defensive responsibilities. Right. But that's a discussion for later, a later time. Uh, also um, in that first Edmonton game, white and Batherson both got their first goals of the year, which was nice. White's been looking better. I don't think he's going to be out of the lineup anytime soon. Batherson is playing with a lot of confidence and the, uh, I guess, willingness to bang and crash that a lot of people didn't really think he had. So he's been a force and white's been playing with something to prove, which is true. Cause he does. So though, those have been some really nice developments over the last couple of games. And I'm excited to see those guys build on that. Um, like I said, Colburn after um, getting undressed by Puri RV twice in the same play got put on waivers. I hope, he, I actually, I don't care. I don't care if he gets claimed or not. Just don't bring him up on the taxi squad. Don't bring him up on the NHL roster. He does not fit on this team. Um, I don't really blame Hogberg for like three out of the four Edmonton goals from last night. I wouldn't put on Hogberg. Oh, the dry side. Yeah. Was it the three nothing goal? I, it's so funny. I, I had the game on and I watched like a good chunk of the first period. I don't think I saw a single goal that was scored. Um, I, I kept falling asleep. I had to take the dog out for a pee like partway through. And when I was outside, I still had my Bluetooth earbud on so I could hear the game. And that's when Pulley Harvey scored his first one. Um, yeah. But yeah, the dry side of one, I saw that uh, the highlight and like, where was Hogberg? Like, where did he think the he net was? He was almost on the goal line. He was he almost, was almost, in the, on the he was almost behind the net. Like, yeah. By the time the puck got in, like he had slid out of the net entirely. I don't know what he was doing there. That one was brutal, but um, yeah, the, the pulley RV one where he undressed uh, Coburn, like that one. That one was I, on Coburn more than Hogberg. Yeah. Coburn for sure. like, I think Hogberg saved the first shot. He did. Yeah. So like he did his job. Yeah. It, it comes down in a situation like that. It comes down to like the defense have to be able to stop the guy from getting to the rebound or clear the puck away. The goalies made the first save. You've got to get the puck away from the net. And the other two goals were deflections. Oh yeah. That's like, right. The first one was um, off of Watson off of pretty high. Uh, yes. He, he, I, I did see that one. That one was, that one was crazy. 
that one was rough because Hogberg had already committed to sliding over to where the shot was going to be because it kind of looked like they were doing a shot pass kind of deal. Yeah. And it just it hit Watson's stick and went the complete opposite direction, and Hogberg couldn't change direction in time himself. And it's the other one was so brutal because that's two games in a row that the first goal of the game was a deflection off of their own player and into the net, right? Man, we're turning into the New Jersey Devils from last year. Remember, they had a game where they scored three goals on them uh, on their own net. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. So, like, they're we're turning into that right now, and you could tell as soon as that puck went in off Watson's stick, the entire Sens team, both on the ice and on the bench, just let out one giant sigh of crap. Here we go again. Um, now I didn't watch anything past the first period because, again, bedtime. Uh, but everything I've heard is. Hogberg steadied right up after the first, which is encouraging. Um, I still think we're going to see Joey Decord probably within the next seven days, uh, especially if Murray doesn't cha- change things up. Or uh, honestly, I I don't know why they would put him in. Um, I Decord? don't. Yeah, I don't think he's the answer. And if you're hoping that he's kind of like a, potentially the goalie of the future type thing, like maybe if the AHL season for the Canadian teams keeps getting pushed back or there's no real start date in sight, get him in. But otherwise you're just feeding him to the wolves. Like that can't do anything for his confidence to throw him behind this historically terrible defense group for the senators. How old do you think Joey Decord is? Uh, He's probably like 25 or something. He's 24. 24k yeah like but he's he's the most hyped goalie out of their system right now um yeah because everywhere he goes he wins yeah i'm I not don't, saying I don't i'm not he's saying he's here. the answer i'm not saying make him the starter i'm saying put him in a game that's it one game get him another taste he played one game last year again or two years ago against buffalo yeah, when ottawa first signed goals, him right uh, four, I think, yeah. four or five. Um, but he had a really good year out in Belleville last year. He was the best sense goalie that wasn't in the NHL. Um, and even in the NHL, we didn't. Oh, Hogboot was good. I shouldn't say that. But there's a reason why sense fans are really hype on him because anywhere he goes, he improves quickly and he catches on quickly. He's a quick learner and he's just. He's had a good line of progression and it's just, we don't want him to come in and be the starter right now. We just, we want to see, because at this point he can't be any worse than what Murray's been or what Hogberg's been minus his last game. So it's just, what's the harm in one? And if he plays really well, give him one more. And if he doesn't play well, put him back on the taxi squad. Yeah. It's... What if he, what if he comes in and gets a shutout? Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to happen or you should bank on it, but it's a possibility. It always is. The The issue, though, is that to bring him up, you have to send somebody down to the taxi squad. Yeah, sure. I, Who the hell is going to claim Murray or Hogberg right now? Hey, um, Carolina just lost another, just lost um, Nadelkovich for the season. Or not Nadelkovich, geez, uh, the other guy, Mrazic for the season because he's getting thumb surgery. Um, so all, all you need is one goalie to get claimed off waivers. And that's going to put a ripple effect out into the league of any goalie that has NHL experience is going to get picked up. Sure. But let me so, look and, at- and do you really want to risk losing Hogberg on waivers for nothing and then have, um, uh, what's his name? Friggin' Joey Decord. 
That's him. No, but there are other guys. There are other guys that we could send down through waivers that I wouldn't worry about, even if we were to lose them. Like, okay, we want to bring Decorda, put Anisimov down, put Paquette down. Who's going to claim those two? Someone might. And you know what? If they do, good for them. Maybe they'll play better for that team. They're not doing much for us. Yeah. Anisimov's no, a healthy scratch now, anyway. Yeah. Nobody's picking those up, those guys up. Purely for their salary. That's that's yeah. the reason why nobody. Anisimov with four point five, Paquette with well, Paquette only makes one point six five. Yeah. So, um, so it's doable. So play him for a game and see what happens. Yeah, that's I don't true. know. I I just know that NHL teams don't like to carry three goalies on their roster. Yeah, but I, at this I point we're not. We're we'll be carrying a guy who might be a goalie and two bags of pucks. I guess. Yeah. If yeah, if if you want to be technical there. <laughs> like it's getting to the point where I was preaching last week and I should probably take my own advice of not overreacting and just letting this because hey, it, um, it's, it's a nine game losing streak right now. I think overreacting was to uh to a few bad games was about five or six games ago. So <laughs> true. But at the same time, this is a season where we expected to not do well. We expected to come seventh. We didn't expect to come this, um, how do I say this, um, emphatically in seventh. Yeah. But yeah, you, you didn't think that you were going to have seventh place locked down 10 games into the season. Yeah, which right now it certainly looks like we aren't getting out of seventh the rest uh, of the year. I, I think I saw Dom Luschishin. Lecision. No, it's Luschishin. Really? Yes. It's like loose chicken. I've heard him say that on several podcasts now. It is like loose chicken, loose chicken. Okay. Um, loose chicken. I'm not going to be able to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, Don, he, Don Louie. I, I saw that he had a tweet that said that the Senators are at 97% probability of finishing seventh in the North now. Uh, so, like, you know what? There are going to be some good prospects this year. Yeah, well, you you don't we don't know when the draft is going to happen, so you don't even get to look forward to that, really. But oh, fuck, um, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so it, at this point, it's basically. Um, I actually, I was thinking about this. Like now, the Senators can't be focused on trying to win games. Really, you can't go into a game trying to win that specific one. You just need to build up to it. Like they're already at nine nine in a row nine losses in a row, say, fuck it, next game, all, like, DJ Smith just has to sit everybody down and say, all I give a shit about today is your passes. Make sure your passes connect to the tape with whoever you're trying to get it to. And then if if it's a success that game, who gives a shit about the score? If it's a success, everybody's passing is improved, wicked. Next game, we're going to work on this one specific thing. You just work yeah. your way. You work your way up to a total complete game, and you don't try to inundate the guys with a hundred things that they have to do better. Because there's at least a hundred things they have to do better. Um, you you don't lose nine games in a row for no reason. But like like that's that's something. Um, it's not the same thing at all. But it was just kind of how I um, put it into context in my own thoughts was uh, a few years ago when we started playing um, beer league hockey, uh, I, I was going on 
defense all the time. And I had no idea what the hell I was doing. And I found that whenever I was on the ice, our team was getting hemmed in our zone. And I was like, all right, I've got to change the way that I'm playing here. I've, and I decided I'm going to focus on doing one thing every game. So my first thing that I said was, okay, I'm going to stop rimming the puck around the boards whenever I get it. I need to actually look up and do something with it. I need, so my, my thing for like a game or two was make a play. Don't just throw the puck away and give it to the other team. Just find somebody and get it to get the puck to them. Once I, once I got that hammered down, then the next thing was, okay, um, step up on the blue line whenever a team, like whenever a guy's carrying the puck into our zone, step up, take his time away, and that's it. Just, just that. And I, I got the hang of that. Now that's part of my game now. And I, as I was improving those small things, I was finding that when I was on the ice, we were spending less time in our defensive zone. Again, this is me trying to teach myself how to play defense in beer league hockey. This isn't the NHL trying like NHL players trying to get out of a nine game slump. But in, in terms of coaching, I think it's kind of a similar thing where you just need to break it down and just say, guys, we're fucking dog shit. We need to focus on one thing tonight. I don't care what that one thing is really. I just know that um, the, their passing has been awful. It's been terrible. They, well, can't, they, can't make, my- they can't make a six foot pass tape to tape. I'm seeing them throw six foot passes into each other's skates. It's like they, it's well, like yeah. they, they have no, um, no sense of space, time, or movement out there. It's nuts. Colburner, Branson, and Brown, their favorite things to do was puck off the glass. Oh yeah, for sure. Because they're huge, slow defenders who can't handle the puck at all. That's all that they've ever been taught is, Oh, if you get in trouble, just slam it off the glass and out. Yeah. It seems like Ottawa's best puck moving defense are the ones that were getting scratched. And, um, I think someone must have stepped in, uh, probably Dorian. Cause Dorian, I remember was saying, uh, how friggin' training Mark stone for Eric Branson was the proudest day of his career. He's and, really got to stop saying shit like that. Cause he also came out this year and said that this was the best training camp he's ever seen. Um, and it, he, whenever he says that kind of stuff, it just comes back to bite him in the ass immediately. He so, also said that uh, DJ Smith was the best hiring decision he's ever made, which time will tell. Yeah. Like again, he he's got to stop making these grand pronouncements about things. It's, it's great for getting uh, excitement going, but as soon as things start to dip a little bit, then those words get thrown right back at you. And that's kind of, that's how uh, executives in the league get fired. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very good way to lose your job. Yeah. That being said, like also please keep doing it because it is entertaining and it's nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's a double-edged sword, right. Of, yeah, we want people to do this, but also like not my team because whenever my team says it, it makes you and you know by association me look like an asshole. I'm just I'm happy. I'm okay. I'm happy Colburn is out of the lineup. Him as a person, I hope everything goes well. I hope he's like getting put on waivers is always really tough for any player. So I hope he he comes out of this all right and that he does fine. Yeah, Tony. He, he has a cup. He's fine. That we get to throw a, uh, a a party for when he goes on waivers. That's the only guy. Ex- exactly. So 
But that being said, I am very excited to hopefully see Eric Branstrom in the lineup really soon. You talk about defensemen needing to be able to make that pass. All Branstrom does is elite offensive talent. Like he is an incredible skater. His shot is very underrated, especially for someone his size and his breakout abilities, either by moving the puck out himself or by finding that pass is absolutely insane. And it's something we need right now. Um, One thing I still can't believe, and it was weird to hear back in 2017, Bob McKenzie put Eric Brandstrom's offensive abilities in the same category as Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. So that's pretty high praise. Sure. Let's uh, let's see if he can reach that potential because Kel McCarr is arguably the best defenseman in the league right now. I was looking at some of his advanced stats. He is stupid right now. It, it's crazy how good he is. But uh, he is, keeps, keep in mind that it wasn't all that long ago that all of the uh, pundits and analysts and stuff were saying that Casey Middlestead was going to be the next superstar and the Sabres were going to take off. And now all of them are basically saying, yeah, he's a bust. He's, he's not going to be anything really. True, but Casey Middlestead also couldn't do a pull-up. So? So you're playing against men and he was 150 pounds and couldn't do a pull-up. Yeah, but... He didn't have the physical capability to do it. Branstrom's stocky. Yeah, but if you've got the skill, like Johnny Goodrow isn't all that big. Mitch Marner is not very big. Kale McCarr is not a big defenseman. Samuel Gerrard isn't very big. You don't have to be big to make it in the NHL anymore. It just seems to be that there are players who at a certain level, their skill looks elite. And then when they make that next step, all of a sudden you realize, oh, they're not that elite actually. They just, they're elite at, you know, that level. Yeah, at that level. But when they get up to the NHL level, they can't put it together. It's too fast for them. Yeah. Um, middle stat, I'm just looking at his stats right now. He had a, a pretty decent um, NCAA career. Um, he got brought into Buffalo and got five points in six games, which is a big reason why people thought that he was going to be really good. Um, I think he was a product of being rushed into the NHL too quickly. Uh, he spent most of last year in the AHL and, um, in what is that in 13 more great games and Eric Brandstrom, Casey Middlestat got, uh, four more points. Yeah. So Eric Brandstrom to me is already a more impactful player than a guy like Casey Middlestead who had red flags immediately. Now Brandstrom was played, I think like 35 games oh. in the NHL last year and very clearly was not ready. But with all this time off and how well he was doing over in Europe before the training camp, I think he deserves this chance. Again, I'm not saying make him a a regular right away. It's a similar thing with Decord. Give him a game. Let's see how he does and go from there. Get him in the lineup, though. The guy we traded Mark Stone for, essentially one for one, should not be not playing hockey right now. Yeah, really, I think the big thing to watch over the next few days and weeks is going to be um, the AHL trying to figure out what's going to go on with these Ontario teams and the, yeah, the Canadian the teams. The league in general, schedule has been released except for the it's Canadian just, teams. Yeah. That's what I mean. The Canadian division is the only one where they're like, yeah, we're waiting to see what the, and appar- apparently it's the Ontario teams that are hanging things up. Yeah. Which is 
Was that just Toronto and Belleville? I believe so, yeah. Because there's no Hamilton anymore. No, it's uh, Laval is Montreal's team. Yes. And Calgary's team is Stockton. I don't know if any of the other Canadian teams moved their affiliates up north because... There are five or six Canadian teams. I can't... Well, yeah. um, Well, I guess Winnipeg has the Manitoba Moose. Uh, Their team plays in the same building. And um, the Stockton Heat are going to play in Calgary. So it's the Bakersfield Condors, I believe, or Edmonton. For Edmonton. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've got to imagine that that's in the States. And then yeah. um, the Utica Comets for uh, Vancouver. Which and is... U- Utica is definitely not in Canada. I think it's an 18-hour flight between Vancouver and Utica. Uh, that would be ridiculous. An 18-hour flight? The, that's the same as uh, like Vancouver to Korea. So what continent is U- Utica on? <laughs> okay, I could <laughs> be wrong. But I know um, the distance between... Uh, NHL and minor league team, the biggest distance is Vancouver to Utica. Yeah, I, I know that Utica is like kind of uh, this side of North America just from, uh, you know, watching The Office front to back like seven times this past year. But uh, I have no idea even what state it's in. But re- regardless, we're off topic again um, and we're running out of time. So I know you had some uh, angry things you wanted to say. I don't know how many of them you have actually said. Uh, a fair bit. Also, I just checked um, Utica to Vancouver flight, 11 and a half hours. You fucking kidding? Really? How? Uh, oh, there's got to be like a five hour layover somewhere. That's, yeah, it, they're averaging around 10 hours. Yeah, and that's got to be layovers. Uh, Utica is in between Toronto and Ottawa. Ooh, Vancouver's got to yeah. get their shit together there. Yes. Um, so I wanted to do a big, huge, angry rant, but um, after sleeping on it last night and seeing the moves they did today, it calmed me down pretty quick. The biggest thing I wanted to get out of it is just uh, basically when are we going to see the kids? Like that was going to be my huge, like this was supposed to be a youth movement. Where's the youth? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Oh, branch jumps got called up. There it is. That helps. So um, Keegan's rant uh, isn't really a rant anymore. It's more of a just, I need to listen to what I said last week and um, be a little more patient. Um, again, it's only 10 games. It's a shortened season where we're not expected to make the playoffs anyway, so we don't need to rush it. I keep telling myself that. I told Sens fans last week that they need to think the same, and then after a couple bad games, I wasn't practicing what I preached. So I'm going. I need to try and get better at that, apparently. And it's just – I just want to see my team – do well and they haven't been so it, it's getting to me i got i just i know they're capable of more and i know the guys who can help them or i believe the guys who can help them um aren't playing and that's what's gotten me frustrated but it seems like they're slowly starting to integrate them into the lineup a bit more uh, and hopefully Brandstrom's just the start and uh there are talks that they're shopping step on which is interesting uh, maybe that'll make room for a guy like Logan Brown to get called up once or twice and even get put on the taxi squad. Um, so I guess I just need to be a little more patient, but I want to enjoy watching hockey again. I haven't enjoyed watching hockey since the two, uh, the first two games of the year. It's been almost a month and I hate it. 
and um, I just I want to I want to have fun watching my team again, especially since I can't play hockey to get my frustrations out. I want to be able to watch my team and say, you know what, they did their best. I haven't been able to do that recently. They did their best. Yeah, I haven't hey, been um, able to do that recently. I, I think that some of those guys have been doing their best. It's just their best. And that's the problem. Their best is shit. And you know what? That's not the player on the ice's fault. That's the guy who acquired him's fault. So he, here's a question for you. Who, who's gone first, Dorian or Smith? Um, I will say this. There are a lot of sense fans calling for both their heads. I don't think either of them are going to get uh, fired this no, year. No, there's no way that either of them are going this year. It's, it was supposed to be a season with zero expectations. How do you fail that, right? Um, I, I think I, that they they increased the expectations a little bit. It was, we're not going to be great, but we'll be competitive. And then when they come out and all of the guys that they um, acquired in exchange for actual assets are dog shit, um, that's where it got frustrating for everybody because they're like, you acquired these guys and told us that we would be competitive. And these guys are the reason why we suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, sorry. Sorry. So I, I, you were saying. Uh, first guy to go, I think it's going to be Dorian. Um, mainly because I think you mentioned it last week. Very rarely. It could have been on the podcast or it could have just been a conversation we had. Very rarely is the GM that rebuilds a team, the GM that wins a cup with them. Right. So I think in that regard, I think Dorian would be gone first. And I think it's well-deserved for him to be gone first. (laughs) Um, He's done a great job drafting, but there's an argument to be made that he shouldn't be given as much credit as he has been because he doesn't run the drafting table anymore. Trent Mann does. But like, there's a whole bunch of things too. Like his trading record is bad. His free agent record is bad. Um, the drafting record really outside of the first round isn't necessarily strong. At least it's not, it's not showing so right now. Well, um, he, when Dorian was a head scout, that was when we drafted yes. Stone in the fifth round, Hoffman he, in the fourth, Dezingle yes, in the when, seventh. When Dorian was in charge of the draft as the head scout or whatever, that's when the team was finding all of the good players late in the, in the draft, but they're not anymore. Well, I, I, at least, at least not for the players that you can fairly evaluate at this point. Drake Batherson was a fourth round pick back in 2017. Again, like one, like sure, we, but we, we probably need to wait a few more years to fairly evaluate that. Like that's that's probably a fair point, but it's true. And one of our uh, seventh rounders from that same year just got uh, nominated for the Hobie Baker. But it's also he's There's already two. <laughs> He had already hired a coach in Guy Boucher and fired the same guy. Uh, yes. So he he's already used up that card of bringing in his own guy and then getting rid of him. Um, who was the coach yeah. before Boucher? Um, shit, good question. Was it Cameron or was that? It may have been Cameron for that half year. Did he coach for a full year? I thought so. I thought he 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 took shit. over for Paul McLean, didn't he? Yeah, he took over for Paul McLean partway through a year, and then he got at least one full season. Well, Paul McLean's final year, he won the um, Jack Adams in the I think in the lockout year he won the Jack Adams. Holy shit! 
Ottawa's been a like Ottawa's been a coaching graveyard since um, uh, Jacques Martin. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like uh, um, Brian Murray, who coached for one year and then moved up to the GM's office. Like all of the other coaches last like a season and a half at best, and then they're canned. And there's a pretty good argument to be made that that's a big reason why we haven't done much in the playoffs if we ever make it. Oh, for again, sure. that tw- like that, that's the same reason why Edmonton's been dog shit for like 15 years too. <laughs> True. Like that 2017 team, like we had the best defenseman in the league playing as the best player in the league. We had one of the best two-way wingers in the league. We had a guy who should be getting 30 goals in his sleep in Mike Hoffman. We had decent depth scoring. We didn't have a number one center, granted. But we had a good team strategy. Anderson was playing out of his mind, and it was just – they just couldn't do it. No. And now we got to wait till fucking 2025 until we're in the playoffs again. Well, That's no, a they, bit of a high – This was the first year of the five years of unparalleled success. Yeah, the 2025 is supposed to be the end of that parallel success <laughs> where we've won our sixth cup in five years. That's right. Well, you, you know what, like – if, if you want something uh, positive to look at, like Melnick was kind of right. If you're looking at unparalleled success as like doing something you haven't done before, Ottawa hasn't been this bad before, probably. <laughs> I mean, not, not since he's joined anyway. Not since he's joined for sure. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive that you can uh, take a team that had such promise and uh, flush it down the toilet like this. Yeah, it's kind of impressive. It's almost yeah. like, you know, it, we should get a new owner. Yeah, there you go. So so there you go. You just need to fire the owner. That's it. Yeah, that's doable, right? We can do that. All right, here we're, we're running pretty long. So you, you said you don't have a rant for us? I, I basically, talking about the games, uh, got through everything that I wanted to say. Um, and again, like a lot of the steam I built up was released pretty quickly when I saw Coburn on waivers and Branstrom being called up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll heat back up again once this uh, streak gets to 11 games and you see uh, like Artem Anisimov or somebody out in the final minutes of a game trying to tie it up. Uh, but that'll be yeah, for next I week. I might have a rant for next week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how things go. Um, I'll have to check how many games Ottawa's got between now and then because who knows, it could be at like 13 or 14 games by the time we record again. I think at least three. Um. We oh, yeah, play there, Montreal tomorrow and Thursday, Saturday. Saturday, and then there's got to be one between Saturday and Wednesday at least. I think we play Edmonton on Monday. Yeah. There we go. So there there's, we go. There's another big money game for me. When yeah. uh, McDavid and Drysaddle both break Sittler's record, I'll have a I'll have a rant for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> In the same game. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, before we go, we're uh, I've already put up the the posts on our instagram and social media so that means we have to do the double agent game even though we're an hour and 10 minutes in here um all right let's speed round lightning speed round here okay so for anybody that's just tuning in um the double agent game i've got a list of every single player that's ever played for the leafs and senators uh i've got 13 clues here for keegan and he's got to try to guess who this player is based off these clues and to make it even harder, he's going to bet how many guesses it takes him. Um, I'm going to give him the same three clues as I do every time to start off before he has to bet how many guesses it takes and you can play along, or I guess you could have uh, by following us on our Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I've got a new format for this where I'm uploading the clues to our social media 
while we record. And then the deadline to get your answers in is uh, when the podcast is posted for you to listen to. So if you're listening to this right now, it's too late. Uh, sorry. Uh, try again <laughs> next time. <laughs> I guess you'll have to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram in order to play along. And please do, because I worked really hard on these uh, images. So, um, yes, please follow us and play along and give us those sweet, sweet engagements. <laughs> so, Keegan, are you ready for the double agent? Uh, yeah, let's do this. Okay. So, I have. You, you do not get a choice of players anymore. So okay, this, cool. Who you? Who, who am I? Who am I describing to you? You have to tell no, me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, lightning round. Who is it? <laughs> it he is thirty-seven years old. Okay. Played in seven hundred and seventy-six NHL games. Most recently for the Los Angeles Kings. We already did Nick Shore, so it's not him. Oh, he played for Winnipeg. Never mind. Uh, cool. I'm going to take uh, eight clues. Eight clues? Oh, you have no faith in yourself. Okay. So well, here no, we go. because I keep saying five or six and I'm not getting it. So <laughs> eight. Okay. Eight. So that gives you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. His best season, which isn't going to help you either. Okay. Here we go. Oh, God. Okay. This guy's amateur team was the Seattle Thunderbirds of the Western Hockey League. Okay, cool. Next clue. His height and weight, six foot two, 200 pounds. No, oh, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> Draft position. He was drafted in the sixth round, 193rd overall. Wait, which round? Sixth. Sixth? Like one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm processing the data. Get, or that data. Give me another one. He was drafted by the Ottawa Senators. In the sixth round? Yes. Um, okay, drafted by Ottawa, played for, you said Seattle Thunderbirds? Yes, and he is 37 really? years old. Okay, and he played over 700 games, most 700. recently for L.A. Yeah. Okay, well, it's not enough because he wasn't uh, 6'2", 220? No, just 200. 6'2", 200. Oh, okay, cool. Um, all right. Um, give me the next one. Uh, I'm taking defenseman. His NHL career spanned from 2004 until 2018. Okay. Uh, so he most recently played for LA in 2018. He's 37 now, so that would have put him in his late 30s. Then, okay, um, I can't, I can't think of one right now, so I'll go again. Next clue: combined Ottawa and Toronto points. Okay, seven. No, oh, god damn it! <laughs> so what? Did he just not play for them? Like what the hell? Um. Okay, is this going to be some like fucking fourth line grinder or something or some uh, like stay at home defenseman? It's tough to uh, say. It's tough to say. Yeah, I bet. Uh, okay, I can't get it off that. Next one. Uh, you want his nationality? Sure. Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah, I fucking, I get, <laughs> I bet it is. I, I bet it is. All right, next one. Uh, 
his best season. This is the one you've got to get it on in order to win here, Keeks. Okay. Best season was 2009-2010. Uh, well, that doesn't help me because if he was on Ottawa then, 2009-2010. Well, no, he only got seven points between Ottawa and Toronto. So he only had like a cup of tea with both of us combined. Cup of tea? What? Seven points. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, he had a cup of tea. Most people say a cup of coffee. Holy smokes there, bud. Put that pinky down, fancy pants. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) But yeah, your your thought process is pretty good so far, I'll tell you that. Do do you want a uh, a clue that is not one of these? Sure. Okay. Uh, You would not identify him. Like, he, he would not be recognizable to you as a senator or a leaf. Okay. Like it, it, when, when I when I tell you who this guy is, if you don't guess who it is, and I'm almost certain you won't, because you would have no recollection of him playing for the senators. Um, you will be like, oh, okay, like I know exactly what team he would have played for. How old is Nate Thompson? You can't Google people. Oh right, I can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> Um, I, I think I think Nate Thompson's still playing anyway. And he also never played for the Leafs. You want to know how I know that? He is not on because he's list. not on your list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I still don't have it. Give me another one. Let's see if we can uh, do this nice and fast. Still. Okay, uh, I've got jersey numbers. You want his uh, Sens number or his Leafs number? Give me his jer- uh, Sens number. It's not going to help you. <laughs> he's twenty nine. Twenty nine. Here, I'll, I'll give you his Leafs number, too. He wore number 23 for the Leafs. That still doesn't help. No, I knew it wouldn't. Uh, yeah, that's why you did it. Uh, number 29 on Ottawa? Who's worn 29? I can think of, like, um, the most recent one was Cody Golubov last year. I don't know any 29s. Is, isn't that my last? No, my last clue is, like, uh, every team he played for, right? Yes. Just skip to that one. That's your next one. Good timing. Oh, 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 perfect. Every team he played for, the Ottawa Senators, yep. the Washington Capitals, Toronto okay. Maple Leafs, and then the LA Kings. LA Kings. Who the fuck? Okay, if he's 37 now, so he would have been drafted in 2000 and... Wait, No. He would have been drafted 19 years ago. So, yeah, like 2001-ish, sixth round. I have no idea. Uh, You would know him as a Washington Capitol. Washington Capitol. The 29-year... Oh, I was was about to say Kovalev, and I was like, that's the wrong red team. I'm thinking (laughs) Montreal. Um. It's not Gonchar because he played for Pittsburgh. Did he ever and, play for Washington? Yes. Yeah, okay, I thought so. Like NHL well 2002. Thousand, <laughs> yeah, but he also played for a thousand other teams as well. He was everywhere. Yeah. Um, most recognizable as a Washington Capitol, but played for Ottawa and wore number 29. I've got nothing. He wore number 29 for uh, the Capitals, Ottawa. Too, I believe. Uh, for, for Washington? Yeah, sure. I've got, I've got nothing. 
You've got no guesses. Um, I think you're going to feel stupid when I tell you who it is. 100%, but that's the entire point of this was is for me to feel stupid. Okay, so you, you give up? Okay, how about this? Give What's his position? He is a forward. Fuck. No, like winger. Oh, man, you're going to make me fucking look this up? All right, one second. Like, cause I, I can't think. Of- I, I think he was one of those guys where he was like a winger center type thing. Oh, well. Okay. Well, NHL.com has him listed as a center. Center number 29 center. Okay. That still doesn't help because I have no idea who the hell has played for Ottawa. That is more than number 29, let alone a center. I I literally have zero guess because I'm like, oh, well, because the only LA Kings I can think of from uh, 2000. Don't bother thinking about about LA Kings. <laughs> well, no, because he, we- he played 12 games for the Kings. Oh, shit. Because I was trying to think of players on their roster for what was it 2018 you said yeah 2017 18 he played 21 games for the leafs scored seven points played one game for the senators played one game yes the rest Uh, of his career was in washington well-liked player there has a podcast now where he describes himself as being an NHL legend. Oh, that seems like an outrageous generous. stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for somebody who scored 332 points in his NHL career, which is, it's pretty friggin' good for a guy that played less than 800 games, but uh, a little bit. Like that's respectable. It's definitely respectable, which is, you know, a few miles away from legend. Yeah, so, you know what? That's am, fair. Am I helping you out at all here? In uh, n- not in the slightest. In 2009-10, his best season, according to me, the expert and game master, he scored 25 goals and 59 points. Oh, okay. You said he was number 29. I I don't have. I do not have a guess. Like I have nothing, absolutely nothing going on right now. Oh, I literally I, I was wrong about his Capitals number. He was number twenty one for the Capitals. Number twenty one. Okay. I am literally cheating and looking at the 2017, 2018 <laughs> players for LA, and I still can't get it. You still can't get it? No. Who is this guy? Okay, this is Brooks Like. Brooks. Oh, there he is. Brooks like played for Ottawa. He was drafted by the senators. Um, I believe they traded him for, uh, he was involved in either the Peter Bondra trade in the early two thousands or um, the Robert Lang trade. But did he play a game with Ottawa? He played one game with Ottawa. Oh, get fucked. (laughs) Yeah. I told you that he played one game with Ottawa. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah, 2003, 2004. I'm looking at his stats right now. He was traded to the Washington Capitals along with a second-round draft pick for Peter Bondra. Hmm. And you said 2009, 2010? Okay, that's pretty, like, pretty 
emphatically his best year 59 points 25 goals yeah yeah okay but uh, every so often i remember that brooks like was drafted by the senators and i'm like oh geez like that's weird oh yeah and then it is impossible to find a picture of him in a senator's uniform so any so some some eagle-eyed uh Twitter and Instagram users might just be able to pick him out because I had to use a Capitals picture <laughs> in all of our stuff. Um, but yeah, that's the double Asian game. So way to go, Keegs. You had no idea who Brooks like was. Good job. Yeah. I was a dead on on his draft year though, 2001. Yeah. So, Hey, I can do can't math believe properly. you can't believe you didn't know. Um, NHL Senator's legend. legend. Like, yeah. Oh, well. You know what? I'm not mad at that one. Ooh, he was the lowest. Oh, no, wait, never mind. Oh, no, yeah, definitely not. I was going to say he was the lowest combined scoring player left on my list, but uh, I was looking at games played. Oh. (laughs) All right, well, I'm done with this. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it for tonight. We've gone uh, pretty friggin' long, so uh, we're going to sign off. Uh, Thanks again for listening, everybody. Um, if you could make sure that you're following the podcast on Instagram at, and Twitter at little hockey pod, uh, that's where you'll find our double agent game. Make sure that you're playing along next week when we, when, uh, we post the clues and, um, any, anybody that guesses right before the episode is posted, will get a shout out on the following episode. Um, and yeah, I'm going to have to update this list because, uh, we're, running a little low on players now we've only got 25 left oh wow we only have half a year worth of players left yeah and that's if we do it every week which we haven't been yeah um you can follow me jordan on twitter at j small 1771 and you can follow keegan at lil underscore little 28 make sure you're subscribed to the show on your favorite app uh and rate and review the show we will read any five star reviews And until next time, we'll catch you later, everybody. See you later, guys. What a finish!